0: Hi, it's Miranda. Welcome to this week's episode of the ASOS podcast, My Big Idea. Today I'm going to be chatting to Carol Deeney about how she and her boyfriend Paddy went from a street food business selling toasties with a Scottish vibe to their own permanent cafe in East London. Here's Carol's Big Idea. Hi, Carol. Hi, Miranda. We're here in your cafe, Dini's, in East London. For listeners who haven't been to one of your market pitches, or the cafe, or one of your kitchen residencies, can you tell us a little bit about what Dini's is all about? So Dini's um, is a Scottish-flavoured street food
1: stall, um, catering operation, and now a cafe. Um, so we operate in market stalls across London, do private events, different catering jobs, and
0: yeah, we have a, a full-time cafe in Leighton, East London. Going back a little bit, you studied business at uni and then moved to London to work in advertising where did the idea to start a street food business come from? I guess I always wanted to, to run my own business after studying
1: in business and management um, and growing up my parents had a small cafe and restaurant um, up in Scotland so the desire to get back into the kitchen and doing it something for myself um, was something that was passionate about and coming up with the idea it felt like it had to be something to do with Scotland
0: so how did you get it all off the ground? Was it a side project while you were doing a full-time job at first or did you quit your job and dive right in?
1: I quit my job and, um, and then had to come up with the idea of what, what, what I was going to do so I spent, I spent about six weeks over the summer of 2012 um, developing the business plan so that helped me decide what the brand was going to be, what the idea was going to be, the, the whole mission and the vision. For the business um, before I started testing it in the in the market,
0: so you didn't have an idea when
1: you quit your job. You didn't Not really. Have idea. Yeah, I, I knew I knew I wanted to do street food because it was a great um, sort of low risk access into catering and hospitality. Um, a friend ran a ran a stall that I that I trialled that and gave a, gave that a go to see if it was for me. So it it was. From there that I decided that, that street food was it was the start, and then I would just had to build the idea from there. And how did you come to the idea of Scottish street food, specifically? Well, I started doing a lot of like uh, field research, so going out and about and seeing what market stalls were doing well, what products were out there that people were picking up on and was, you know, and the media were picking up on and, and all sorts, what, what was working the best. Um, so I whittled it down to something maybe hand, handheld, meaty, something a bit different, so all of a sudden I, need, I needed an overall brand and it made sense for it to be like a Scottish flavour and draw on my upbringing and, and my passion for Scottish food
0: and how did you come up, come up with the menu? Um, I tried a few different things so we
1: had we basically did um, uh, like a, a, focus, a focus group. So I got some mates around, we got lots of meat, got lots of bread, lots of cheeses, tried a few different things um, and out of that we discovered that haggis and cheese were like this dream <laughs> sensation
0: <laughs> and, uh, and it gave us that really niche product that, that, that we knew we could, we could take to market. So tell us about your two um, signature toasties, the Macbeth and the Lady Macbeth. Yeah, so the Macbeth
1: is our haggis toasty. That's a uh, haggis, cheddar, caramelised onion, rocket mustard on Granary bread. So this is the first one that was um, that was created and then started selling. We had a few other things on the, I- on the menu items on there, but the haggis was the one that was causing the draw. Um, so we stuck to that, and then it seemed perfect to do a vegetarian alternative, <laughs> and that was became the Lady Macbeth.
0: <laughs> so you um, took the summer off, came up with a business plan, Got the tasties down, ready to go. Uh, how did you fund it all? How did you How did you get going? So I had like a small bit of cash on my own
1: to get to get things off the ground because I've been working for the last few years, um, and then I approached the Prince's Trust. Um, I it wasn't just for the cash that I I approached them because they also offer a fantastic. Um, help to, to you know get your business plan in action
0: and then they give you a mentor to help you guide yourself through business So how did you go about getting a market pitch they're quite hard to come by aren't they in London
1: Yeah they were, um, I started to just tour around all the different markets that I'd come across um, go and speak to the, the market stall owners yeah. about how to, to get into the markets and then pretty much just applying to them all and hoping for the best, I did cherry pick a few that I knew would be ideal for me in terms of my product yeah. and the, in the, the target audience and also sort of things near where i lived um, but yeah i was quite i was quite up for anything and trial and error just you know landed me with a good selection and which was your first market stall pitch my first ever pitch was a saturday market that used to happen in the hackney in the st john's um, churchyard so it was a very small pitch. There's only about, I think, six stalls, um, and it was a, a nerve-wracking first day. Tell us about the first day. Did everything go to plan? Not at all. Not at all. I had, You know, there's only so much you can actually plan on paper, but when it actually comes down to it, there's a lot of logistics that you just can't think about. But I was so excited about it all. You know, I'd spent the whole day before preparing all the food, packing the van, um, but then obviously lots of things um, come up in the, that you've not thought about, like... I thought I, there'd be lots of electricity points, there wasn't any. So, <laughs> just like <Whoops>. yeah. <laughs> literally the night before, like ringing around, um, trying to figure out how to hire a generator and, and get everything going. But you know, I had so much energy that I just kept going and, and nothing was really going to stop me. So, um, you know, we got it all in, in order and, and Paddy was there yeah. to help to, to, to lift everything in and out of the van and set it all up. And, yep. And then wait for that first customer, <laughs> <laughs> and how did the business grow from that per- first pitch? So we did a couple of small markets like that again, you know just to really to test the market to make sure you know I was doing things right, that customers were that 's what they wanted, and they also helped feedback straight away, so we, we sort of honed in the, the product and the <laughs> and the, the logistics and then um Quite quickly, we were we got a good um, pitch at Broadway Market, um, in Hackney. So that's a popular street food market. Um, they have a small schoolyard bit that you start with. Um, so we got in there along with Chatsworth Road on a Sunday. Yeah. So we had a steady Saturday and Sunday market, which kept us um, kept us busy. Yep. And then yeah, progressed from then to to grow to more markets. And how long
0: before you hired your first staff member? So it was pretty
1: much Paddy and I from day one. Um, and then roped in a few friends here and yep. there. But I officially hired a staff member after six months. Wow, that was quick. Yeah, it was quite quick. And he helped out sort of three, four days a week. Because by that point, we had sort of four, four shifts a week and I physically couldn't do mm. something by myself. So yeah, it was, it was a big step and, and one I was quite proud of. Um, was it difficult to let go of your baby a little bit? Definitely. Yeah, I mean, even once I'd hired Jack, who was my first um, member staff, I I still tried to keep as much control of my own which wasn't probably the right thing to do but you can't help it um but then as, as the months go on and you you've sort of, you have realized how everything operates and it can be you know replicated without you being there um it's is, it is, it's easy to give up give things up but, it, but yeah it's definitely got this little little nerve nervousness around it so how big's the team now so at the moment we've got a f- um, two full-time people in the cafe mm-hmm. and a part-time person and then we've got um, two part-time and one full-time
0: in, on the stalls. Um, what would you say have been the key things along the way that have been really important to your success?
1: Um, I think being really strong with the brand, like trying to, to just keep with the Scottish flavour mm-hmm. going for the haggis, not trying to diversify and do too much so we were quite adamant about what we wanted to sell which helped just, just keep that strength. Um, and letting go actually, giving Giving people an opportunity for a job, which was uh, quite a proud moment, is in yeah. that also allows you to get a bit of freedom to sit back, reflect, and, and actually
0: recuperate because you <laughs> yeah. can't keep going, um, you know, running a market stall every day of your life. Exactly. So, how does your week kind of pan out now? I mean, how many, where are you? You've got the stalls, you've got the um, cafe, and all sorts of other things going on. Yeah,
1: it, it does. It changes abs- every day. It changes. So, in January, there we had a full time kitchen residency up in Highgate as well as the cafe in East London running six days a week and market stalls up to six days a week. Wow. So sometimes one day I'll be absolutely everywhere. I might have to run to Smithfield Meat Market in the morning, pop by the cafe, go up to the pub and then see the market stalls. But that sort of day I really love. You check in with everyone, you see it all running, you often have to like (laughs) solve some emergency (laughs) um and then you know then you sit back and reflect on the next day um but yeah day to day I try and do like a little bit of each and then have a couple of days off as well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna come to that yep your boyfriend Paddy is your business partner and worked on the store with you in the beginning Mm -hmm. imagine it must have its challenges like how do you even switch off? It's hard to switch off like even
1: we were on holiday quite recently and it was we try to make the rule of no business chat but it just creeps back into your mind because you care so much and it's it's very much a part of mm-hmm. our lives our social lives and everything so um as long as it's not an argument i don't mind talking about it
0: <laughs> yeah. have you made any mistakes along the way yes yeah, definitely <laughs> <laughs> what have been the ones that you've learnt from in a good way you say? um don't buy a second hand van from a dodgy <laughs> man, yeah,
1: that was there were certainly ones like like buying vans yeah. that aren't you know that just wasn't the right idea, so started leasing vehicles and managing costs and um, so that was definitely a hard lesson to learn you know you've got to you got to say goodbye to an expensive van and you know deal with that moving equipment to higher vans and whatnot um and i I guess not taking anything to, to heart. Mm-hmm. There's been times where I've got really offended by maybe someone not wanting our product um, or getting a little bit disheartened about yeah. it but you've got to realise that you know
0: everyone's entitled to an opinion and everyone's dif- tastes are different. Yeah. So, yeah. If you have a bad day so maybe you know one of those kinds of things has happened or I don't know maybe a January on the store when it's <laughs> raining and it's dark and no one's at the market, how mm-hmm. do you get through those times?
1: You've just got to remember that you, you're, you're doing this for the freedom of, of of your own business and your own lifestyle. And although you can not predict the weather or the sales, like you've got to think about the good times because it is a very volatile business. So you've got to just roll with it um, and just got to keep your keep chin up and, and, you know,
0: Realize it's it's for for the best in the the long term. Exactly. Um, Last year you added a cafe to the Dewey's empire. How did that come about? And how do you translate a street food business into a bricks and mortar cafe? Yeah, it
1: came about quite quickly. It had always been an idea and sort of a, an aspiration that we would have a four walls and a roof that were permanent <laughs> for a change. Um, but it came about quite quickly after a customer actually told me that he'd recently moved out to, to Leighton, the part of East London, where I was now living. Um, and he was like, oh, we really need a cafe. Yeah. Let, let's, you know, let, why don't you do it? and I, I, you know I told him that I dabbled with the idea, and then he actually sent me a link to to a premises that was up for rent, so within six weeks, I think it was we we'd signed we'd signed and, and got the keys and <laughs> that 's quick yeah, it was really quick. <laughs> it was over summer, and you know i just i'd I balanced my life so i wasn 't doing too much in the market stall, so I had a little bit of time to think about it and, and get planning so yeah again, over about six weeks. Planned it all and then opened um, middle of October. Did you have to do a lot to the space? Not too much. It was a, a sort of tea room before, so there was a little bit of movement with some of the, the electrics and the plumbing, but nothing too, nothing too damaging. Just quite cosmetic. And then obviously um, just just purchasing everything that we needed, but yeah. and then developing the menu beyond just the toasted sandwich. So, what have you added to the menu in the cafe? So. As it's just a cat like a, sort of a cafe, we've got like really good um, speciality coffee menu, some really nice uh, local brewed teas, um, cakes and home baking, um, more toasties um, and some nice breakfast options as
0: well. So what toasties have you added?
1: So we added one with a really nice smoked chicken and avocado combination. Yum! That sounds good. Yeah, that's a big <laughs> that's a big hit, um, and then some nice veggie ones um, and a nice cheese and ham and tomato chutney. Sounds but there's lots more to come. Yeah, we've got like the, good, the good thing about the cafe is you've got the option to just trial different specials here and there. It's a lot more flexible than the market stall where you're yeah. tight for space and time and, and
0: everything. Have there been any particularly great sources of advice along the way, whether it's a book, a person, a website that you consult all the time, anything you'd pass on? Um, getting a business mentor was, was, was definitely a good step for me. Um, that was pr-
1: provided by the Prince's Trust. Mm-hmm. So they teamed me up with someone who'd been in business for a long time. Um, he owned his own ch- chocolate factory. Um, so he had quite a lot of hospitality um, yep. knowledge. And I remember at the time thinking, oh, it doesn't matter. I've got this sorted. Um, but the snippets of information <laughs> yeah. he was giving to me all started falling into place as I came across the challenges um, and the, the successes that he talked about. Um, so that's definitely been really good. Um, and then just keeping up spirits by talking to other market stall owners. Mm. So there have been people that have been doing it for a lot longer than me or just done it a different way. Um, hearing people
0: talk about the challenges they'd incurred really helps helped your motivation. So is the market industry, people are happy to help and pass on advice that they've um, gained over the years? Yeah, definitely.
1: That's, it's a really encouraging environment to be in. It's not, it's not competitive. So you've got to remember that, that generally people know what you've been through and they want to talk mm-hmm. about it that you know don't ever think that it's just you that's finding this hard and you know just struggling with it day to yep. day um, yeah chatting about it helps and people are willing to, to open up and
0: going back to your mentor how regularly did you check in
1: I checked in like um, every other month I tried to make a, a yep. point Um he often just wanted to, to send an email and answer the odd question but meeting face to face and chatting through once a month was was quite handy but we see each other like less frequently now but he likes you're to, still in touch though so, yeah, yeah mostly just on email i'll just up to update him if yeah. i've had a nice press piece or like you know milestones like the cafe opening it was nice to keep him in touch and, and hear hear him sort of you know reflect
0: that he's quite quite proud of what, what got you yeah. in, in the three years and what was the best piece of advice you'd say that he passed on his, his advice
1: to, to sort of step back and manage rather than do the daily grind yeah. was the one that I remember hearing in the, in, the, in the early days and thinking I would never do but I realised that I couldn't physically keep up with that demand and you know you can, you can offer someone that job and they can do it sometimes better than you you know whereas like I realise that my skills now lie in
0: the management and in the, in the finance and yeah. um, the growth of the business and for listeners who want to start their own business particularly in the food industry um, what would your advice be
1: so number one the fundamental thing is that you I think you need to have a business plan you need to map it all out on paper to to really test and feel like the idea without it all written down you can get muddled in your head and you can sort of forget what you're looking for and then, the, then it would definitely be about going out and testing the market. Don't be too adamant that your idea is the best one because, you know, sometimes a customer is right and they're like, no, no I'm not, not going to buy that because it's not what I'm after. And and they'll give you the, the insight that you need to exactly. be able to, to create the product that, that is desirable to your audience.
0: Yeah. And what's next for Dini's? Oh, I don't know. I'll break. <laughs> no. I definitely, like, it's
1: exciting time for the cafe. We've only been open a few months. So I want to, you know, um, develop the venue here, I want to start um, integrating with the community more. It's quite an exciting time in Leighton. There's a lot in yeah. there's a lot of people moving here. So whether it's maybe opening in the evenings or, or collaborating with workshops with different um, artists or whatever in, in the um, evenings, there's a lot of scope to be had. Exciting. Yeah. And and like I really enjoyed doing the pub residency up in Highgate in the Duke's Head. Um It allowed us to do a much bigger menu from from burgers to snacks and evening meals. So there's a lot more in the Dini's brand and uh, there's a lot more to showcase still.
0: I can't wait to see it all develop. Thank you so much for talking to us, today. Thank you. Thank you. That was Carol's Big Idea. Tune in next week to hear how another inspirational woman is turning her big idea into reality. And remember to subscribe on Acast, iTunes or your favourite podcast app. Bye.